When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven, like the rush of a mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? that we hear each of us in his own native language. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Peace be to you, the reader. Scripture said that Christ is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was. So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? 
The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Are you led astray, you also? Have any of the authorities of the Pharisees believed in him? That this crowd who do not know the law are accursed? Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and you will see that no prophet is to rise from Galilee. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the Feast of Pentecost. In case you didn't know, we heard in the epistle reading about this glorious day when the apostles received those tongues of fire. There was a rushing wind blowing through the house, and people from all over the known world of the Roman Empire all heard their, uh, their own languages spoken by the apostles. So I was preparing for this homily all week long, kept thinking about it, wondering what I might say, there's so many different things that we could talk about on Pentecost. But sometimes the words don't come. And so I was praying, asking God, send down His Holy Spirit upon me so that I could give you some words. I had expectations that God would answer my prayer. You see, a lot of times in our prayers, we have expectations as well. I was talking with one of my sons this week, and he was talking about a particular struggle, and he said, but I already prayed, I already asked God. What was he saying? Why didn't God answer my prayer? Now, of course, we expect this from from children, but we as adults so often have the exact same response. Like I wanted the words to come for my homily, and so I wanted God to give me those words. You see, when we do that, we say, why didn't God do this? Because we're creating an if-then. If I do this, then God has to do that. It's what I often describe as taking God hostage. We go and we say... Whatever the prayer may be, God, help me in this way. And then we expect, God, better answer my prayer. And then what happens if he doesn't? Then the devil can get in there. God doesn't love you. God doesn't want what's best for you. God doesn't hear you because you're sinful and bad. All of these different voices can pop into our heads. Why? Because we held God hostage. He said, if I pray this, then God has to do this. We do this for many different reasons. We do it because we have expectations of what we expect God to do. 
We do this also because our faith is weak. We need to see results to really have faith in God. Or sometimes we just think we know best. We know what the right answer is. Of course God needs to do this outcome, because that's what I think is best. And of course, we sometimes just don't believe that God will act. Or we believe that because we have offended Him or sinned against Him in some way, that God's not going to answer our prayers. And then, really at the core of it, it's that we really don't have an understanding of the depth of God's love. All of these are reasons why we do this. We hold God hostage with our prayers, our intercessions. Now, of course, it is a good thing to ask God for assistance in all things in life. To ask His saints, to ask His Holy Mother, to seek their intercession in our lives. But the question then is, how do we do this? How do we ask that the Holy Spirit be sent down upon us just as the Apostles received the Holy Spirit on this day of Pentecost? So I offer just a few ways in which we can offer that prayer in the right way. The first is no expectations. No expectations at all. You see, we can be specific with our prayers, but to not have an expectation of a particular outcome. This is the key part of it. We can ask specific prayers. We can say, please heal me of this. Please grant me this job. Please bring my child out of danger. But we can't say, because I've prayed that, that's the way that's the best way, and that's the way that God must act. So we can't have expectations in our intercessory prayers. We also need to have confidence in God's love that He will act. In the first prayer of the kneeling vespers, which we'll be entering into right after liturgy today, in that first prayer it says, You who grant all petitions before being asked. Think about that. You who grant all petitions before being asked. Two things in there. Grant all petitions. Not the right petitions. Not the petitions by good and righteous people. All petitions. Every single petition, God answers. We'll get to how He answers that in a moment. But what does it also say? Before we ask, God has foreknowledge, of course. We know this intellectually. But what does this mean when we're asking for something? He already knows what we needed. He already knows that we're going to ask. And He already knows how He will respond to our petition. So we ask... But God knows all of these things. This is our part of entering into what God already knows about. So we should be confident in God's love and that He will act. And why does God answer all of our prayers? Because He loves us. He loves us, and if we doubt His reply, it's because we really don't believe how much God loves us. Or we don't comprehend the depth of His love for each and every one of us. We think we have to learn, earn His favor by being good. That we only, He's only going to hear our prayers if we're good and righteous. What did the prayer just say that I read? All petitions. All petitions. He hears every one of our petitions. And in another prayer, in the kneeling vespers, it says, In all things you favored us, in our coming into the world and in our going out. God is always favoring us. 
We're always in His good graces. Yes, it's true that those who follow God's path more, that they are, their prayers are more, more effective. But it, means, it doesn't mean that God's love is somehow greater for those who love Him. That's a question of how much we love God, not how much God loves us. How much God loves us is the same for all people, all places, all times, everyone. And He grants every single petition that we ask. But here's the key. You have to remember that the outcome, God already knows. He has the foreknowledge. And God's desire is one thing. It's our eternal life. That's His desire. So this is where we get into trouble. Because we imagine that we know the best outcome. We have a desired outcome for a particular situation. Just think of the things that we've prayed for in our lives. And some of us might even have remembrances where we prayed for one thing, we got another thing, and then we had the wisdom to realize, oh, that other thing actually was better than what I was asking for. We should remember these times. Because the outcomes that God ordains are the outcomes that are best for our salvation and the salvation of every single person around us. But we, in our spiritual immaturity, say, this is the best outcome. God, do this thing. And if you don't do this thing, then you don't have my best interests in place, you don't love me enough, you're not listening to me. All of those voices that come into our head. Our Lord says, my ways are not your ways. You see, He's seeking something that is far beyond the wisdom of us to grasp. And so in our prayers, we must remember this. This comes back to not having expectations. We can desire a certain outcome, but we also have to be free that that outcome, if it doesn't come, God is working out what's best for us. Even if the desired outcome isn't what we wanted, we have to say, okay, now that was the wrong thing. Because clearly something else came, and God loves me more than I love myself. So this outcome must be the correct outcome. It's a very difficult thing. But again, God answers every petition. Every petition. So that question, why doesn't God answer my prayers? The answer is, He already is. Furthermore, He was answering that prayer before you even asked for that prayer. Just isn't answering it in the way that we imagine. So again, those three things that I mentioned. The first is, don't have expectations. Don't have expectations. The second is pray with confidence in God's love that He will act. And that praying with confidence, there's a saint that we commemorate today, St. John the Russian, confessor. And St. John the Russian, his relics are in Evia, and that's also where the newly canonized St. Yakovos of Evia is from. And St. Yakovos would go up to St. Uh, uh, John, he wasn't a saint then, but Yakovos would go up to St. John's relics, and he would say, St. John, you have to act. Do this thing. And he would say something with boldness. So we should have the boldness to have very strong intercessions with God, but at the same time knowing God's will will be done. God's will will be done in this And then the third is to remember that God's reply may be very different from what we ask. His reply may be very different from what we ask. In the Gospel today, our Lord says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. What is He saying there? Our desires are met with God. We have thirst. God will answer that thirst. He will quench our thirst. 
Furthermore, he says that those who put their trust in him, that living water, which is the Holy Spirit, will come forth from their heart. This is the outcome of us aligning ourselves with God's will. And lastly, our Lord said at the very end of the gospel today, what did he say? He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. This wasn't a if-then statement. This isn't a contingent. This isn't anything except a statement. If we walk with Him, we will not be in darkness. If we stay close to our Lord, all things will be provided by Him. All of our thirst will be quenched. Everything will be provided by Him. So as we pray to our Lord, let us be bold in our intercession and have no expectations. Trust in His love and that He will act. And remember, God's outcomes are always in our best interest, even if they're not the outcomes that we desire. And to Him may be glory, always, now, and ever.